Hey everybody, welcome back to episode two. Yes. Two of Code Switching Naturally. Of course, I'm your girl AJ. If you did not know, welcome. Hello, my name is Chani, obviously. So Chani, let's do a real quick check-in. Like, how you be? Actually, I've been doing pretty good. Um, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I really haven't been up to much, you know, just working. Um, I have been taking care of myself a lot better lately. Uh -huh. I've um, been, like, trying to work out a little bit more, mm -hmm. being more conscientious about, like, what I'm eating and stuff. Bet. So, yeah. The I'm slushies actually... we just had probably wasn't the best decision, but we're going to talk about, about it. it. We're going to... I gotta keep moving. Okay. Yeah, but uh, how about you? How you been? Busy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and tired. Of course. Yeah. Busy and tired. Um, so school starts on Tuesday, and as you know, I am a school-based mental health therapist for the middle school babies. Pray for you, girl. Jesus, pray for you, girl. <laughs> Because my kids already talking about it, some stuff going down already. Already? And that school yet ain't even started, girl. We haven't even had the first day. How is it already drama? Baby, they been beefing all summer. They got big feelings, bro. The big feelings all over some cyber fingers. You ain't even said this to, to, to say a person. You know, certain, sometimes adults even get upset over some cyber <laughs> stuff. So I can't fault them for being upset. Sure. <laughs> sure. No, ma'am. I'm not going to go for that one. No, ma'am. So, um, and I also have a second job, a part-time job, also therapy, but it's with adults. And it actually is a happy medium away from children. I love that for you. Because the amount of work and creativity it takes to get your children, adolescents, babies to mm -hmm. actually participate. That's hard, yeah. And to be able to identify, notice, accept, relay, convey, express mm -hmm. any type of emotion besides mad, happy, sad, angry, or mad, happy, the all the same, right? So, other than that, I've just been tired. However, I plan to sleep a lot. Absolutely, you need a break. I think taking breaks is a very important part of being a person, honestly. Yeah. I don't and think, and our culture kind of pushes this idea of grind until you pass out kind of thing and that's just not healthy mm -mm. we keep pushing that idea and we don't we don't that causes a lot of burnout and people are like i don't know why i'm so burnt out because you push a little bit too much but also burnout happens even when you take care of yourself like burnout is just one of those things that just sometimes that's your key to say okay i need to i need to take a moment i need to relax i need to mm -hmm. go to sleep i need to do something else because you could still be taking care of yourself, take days off, and still feel burnt out, That's which is true. part of where I am right now. Like, mm -hmm. I love what I do, 
but I'm tired. <laughs> so, um, other than that, that actually is a good segue into what I wanted to talk about today, which was the Simone Biles incident. Yes, I was so, 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 so proud and happy for her. Yes. And taking that stance. Now, you know me. I am all for mental health of every sort. Like, mm -hmm. you said what now? Self-care. And then, I okay, so as a therapist, we get really frustrated when the social media experts try to come and tell people what self-care is or is not. Mm -hmm. And we literally look at it and we talk amongst ourselves in all of our amazing groups where we get to be ourselves and exist as therapists. <laughs> um, we're like, self-care is having a glass of wine here and there. Mm -hmm. If you decide to do one glass of wine every day, they say red wine is good for your heart. So in moderation, that is self-care. Self-care is also going to bed at 8.30 every day. Self-care is also, hey, today I'm going to read this book. Tomorrow I'm going to go jump off a cliff. Like, those are all different self-care exactly. things. Like, you can't tell someone self-care is not, oh, taking a, bu a bubble bath or going to get your nose and feet done. Yes, it is. I just had self-care last Saturday. <laughs> I got self-care planned for tomorrow. Hello. <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to be in the bed. And tomorrow I might even watch a couple shows. Look at that. Beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I really don't watch TV like that. I don't, I don't even. I don't. Yeah. I don't try. But for Simone, I think it also opened the dialogue for the amount of pressure and the amount of, I'm going to just say mistreatment mm -hmm. that the athletes go through. And it's not just Olympian athletes. It's NFL, NHL, MLB, like the National Football League, the National Basketball League, the Women's National Basketball. Right. Well, they're the National Basketball Association. But then there's the Women's National mm -hmm. Basketball Association. Like all of these professional athletes, the amount of stress and the amount of pressure they put their bodies under just to maintain is a lot. And a part of that is they learn muscle memory, sure. But at the same time, if your brain is not doing well, mm -hmm. that is also a muscle. And, I and that, that controls all your muscles. That's a really important thing to say, especially for like Simone Biles and in particular, um, especially with the conversation about mental health and how it affects you and your profession. Mm -hmm. If she's not mentally there, it could lead into much more catastrophic consequences. Mm -hmm. Like if she's not mentally prepared to be able to do what she is doing, mm -hmm. she could hurt herself or even like permanently put herself out the game. Correct. So her ability to be able to tell her profession, no, I can't do this right now is an incredible like example of being able to put your mentality first mm -hmm. above what you do. It was, what was her name? Listen, y'all, we do this every time, every time. But you have things that we need to Google, but we don't Google. Not that we don't Google. It's just my brain and my mouth sometimes beef 
And so I think her name was Nastasia. Nastasia. She's paralyzed now. Mm. But she also had back, I think it was, it wasn't Nastasia. I really wish I could remember the baby name, but I can't. But anyway, she had complained to her coach about her leg hurting and how uncomfortable it was to still do vault and all these different things. They told her that she still had to go out and now she's paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And in the gymnastics world, they call it twisties. Yes. And so with the twisties, it's like the muscle memory is you learn these tricks and you learn these tricks. So when it's time to do them, because a lot of times they can't spot themselves because they can't see it. Right. So you practice these routines so you can learn it and almost have your body memorize it. And so when she was like, I could not land this or I could not do this to save my life. And it was like that kind of stuff is so dangerous because they're expecting you to have that trick down without any type of aid whatsoever. So then she's just like, I don't know, I'm not comfortable and I'm not okay with sticking my neck out or doing anything of the sort in order to, what do you say, catch a medal, like to get an Olympic medal. Yes, it would be great for America, sure, but America don't really care about her in the first place. So let's start there. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's important that like you take into like care for your mental health is important as an important aspect of extenuating your career, whatever mm -hmm. career it is. Um, you can't, if you were not mentally there, you're not mentally well enough to be able to handle the pressures, especially even like if it's physical, if it's a physical thing that you are doing, if you're mm -hmm. not mentally there, it could lead to much more dangerous consequences right. and, and that could paralyze you. Correct. Now, here's a question for you. Oh. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it, right? Okay. Based on Simone Biles, what has it shown you about your own mental health? What do you what do you think it either made you consider made you proud of like where where did it oh so many leave things. you for you i think the number one thing that i got from the simone biles thing was the power of no mm. no being a complete sentence yeah and when she told them like you know i'm not gonna do this there was no questions really asked there was just oh you're not doing it okay mm -hmm. and i feel like on the other end of people receiving this information about like their mental health or someone's mental health mm -hmm. they should be able to respond the same way if someone right. comes to you and tells you because of my mental health i cannot do xyz mm -hmm. the response should be I understand that. But nobody should have to say because of my mental health, the, the answer should be, no, I'm not doing it. It should. It should stop at, no, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of situations, even if it's high pressure. And like the thing is, she had a lot of pressure behind her. All of America, all of the world is watching her. Mm -hmm. And she still had the power to say, you know what? It's a no for me. Right. And no, there was no back, like no explanation. It was... I'm not doing this. I don't want to do this. And that, I think that's a really powerful thing, especially for black women, where like black women have to have a reason for everything. 
don't get me started. <laughs> it really is like a, as a black woman, like I feel like you have if you are going to tell someone no, it's either taken less you have an attitude about it or you're just like you're just being added like you're not you're being difficult. You're being or, difficult. Exactly. Your, oh, oh girl. Oh, okay. So we gonna get into it because you know, I've I've been going through it at work with this woman. He quit, girl. He quit. Beautiful. He quit. <laughs> so, long story short, I pretty much got harassed by this older black man of all things. Because I would not speak to him on a day to day basis. Now, <laughs> the issue that I was having um, in this situation was because Ariel AJ was like, bitch, square up. Like, <laughs> I'm sick of your shit. Square the fuck up. I'm, I'm done playing with your hoe ass. Like, that's, that's where. AJ Ariel was, but Miss Stevens, the professional, mm -hmm. had to bite that shit. Like I had to lift my insides <laughs> were fuming. I was on fire, and I kept having to clench and unclench. I had to go and separate myself. I had to go and breathe. I think I took a day off. Like I had to find some way to relax myself because I could not look like the angry black woman. And I feel like a lot of black women, especially in corporate America, we have to almost be a different person. We are different people. We are, we, you, you're right, we are different people. Like we have to become something palatable in order to not threaten our careers. And, and even the, the more we talk about it openly, it still feels like that. Even though we have these conversations about black women in the workplace, and we still have to be. And the craziest thing about all of that is, have you ever considered what it's like to be a black woman as a therapist? Oh, it's gotta be crazy. It's gotta be wild. The amount of, cause some, she was another black woman and I get it, she didn't really, she didn't mean anything by it. But when she was just like, um, she was asking me about like, you know, she's the new admin at the school. So she was asking me like, what are some things that I've noticed? What are some things about that? I said, baby, buckle up. Cause this is what you're about to walk into. These are the type of kids we have. This is the type of staff we have. This is the type of things that happen. She was like, oh no, you're supposed to be positive. Who the fuck told you that? <laughs> therapists are not always happy. Therapists are not always supposed to give you the good shit. And I think that's a lot of uh, people should consider the fact that therapists are people. Like, Child, we people, we get tired. We therapists get are therapists. I, I sure do. <laughs> I just talked to sis yesterday. And I told her, I said, you know what? I'm going to stop being excited to talk to you. She's talking about, it's okay. I care for the both of us right now. <laughs> Baby, I mean, it's so, it's so much. And it's just like, if your therapist does not have a therapist, you do not need to see them as a therapist. I'm just saying. Because there's, <laughs> that means they are not taking into account the amount... Okay, I say it like this. I do not internalize what happens to my clients. Mm -hmm. However, 
I still take some of it home. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, because you're a person. These are real life stories. These are real people. I am dealing with real people's lives. Like, I am unraveling, unraveling, not unraveling, unraveling people's lives. Because most people, when they go through things, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. When we go through things, we internalize it, we think about it in our heads, we start making decisions, and when it makes it worse, we're like, oh, shit. What's happening here? <laughs> like, what's happening? Um, this was not supposed to happen that way. This was supposed to go this way because I, I thought about it, I played it. No, okay, this is making it a little bit more confusing. So then when people... The best way I explain it to people, I was like, therapy is like a ball of yarn. Like, you have balls of yarn in a basket. Mm-hmm. And they've all somehow mixed together. So you ask for help to get every single color unraveled. That's how I describe therapy. I also tell them it's a marathon. It's a tri- It's a triathlon. It's a decathlon. It's a... It's a uh, it's a um, maze. It's a lot of things because some some days you'll make five steps forward. Another day you'll take ten steps back, and then you're back. You feel like you haven't made any progress, but taking ten steps back is still progress. Mm-hmm. And so when I say with people, I'm like, okay, yeah, you say you don't want nobody knowing your business, sure. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. I tell my clients all the time because I have ADHD, I can't archive most of the stuff you tell me, no way. However, I do to an to an extent. I think that's a kind of important thing that like with uh therapy you have to get comfortable with the idea that you are gonna have to tell them what's going on. Because you can't get help if you don't talk about it. Exactly. And part of the reason people go through the things they go about go through is because they won't talk. Just because you talk. And even when you talk doesn't mean you're doing therapy. Yes. A lot of people think that talking to your friends is therapy. But do they have the psych, like the actual psych background to help you? (laughs) And there's a lot of clinicians that are not psych background. So, okay. All right. I'm going to do a mini lesson. Okay. Okay. Ooh, this is going to be fun. There are psychologists, Mm -hmm. there are psychiatrists, Mm -hmm. there are therapists, and there are counselors, and there's life coaches. Mm -hmm. Life coaches have certifications and do not have the same in-depth training that psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists go through. They just don't. Also, social workers are also clinicians, but their modalities are very different than psychologists. Psychologists and psychiatrists' modalities are different between counselors and therapists. Yeah. They are more mind-centered. Mm-hmm. Therapists and counselors are more holistic-centered. So me, being a clinical mental health counselor, I am holistic. And by holistic, it means I'm not just taking, oh, you have sadness, you have um, lack of sleep, you have um, lack of motivation. I don't just take those and then give you a diagnosis. A psychologist and a psychiatrist will. 
they will take, okay, so what are the symptoms that we're looking at? Holistic will say, okay, well, what are the symptoms? What is your background? And by background, we mean, have you had, men do you have a mental health history? Do you have a medical history? What's your religion like? What's your race? What's your sexuality? What is all of these things that encompasses you in order for you to get to that diagnosis? Psychiatrists give you medicine. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. I don't do medicine. <laughs> we don't prescribe nothing. We don't prescribe nothing on this side, okay? <laughs> Psychologists don't necessarily prescribe medication either. However, they are more, again, they are more mind-centered than person. Person-centered is also a, a big modality in the counselor therapist world. But like, we all have one common denominator. Okay. Sort of. Okay. Social work, from what I'm learning, they're more family systems mm -hmm. than the individual. So the individual comes to counseling and say they need housing or they need help with this, they need help with that. They go and are pretty much their advocates and kind of go and get those resources and align them with those resources. Me, as a therapist, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, here's these websites. Here you go. It's in your hands. It's not, I'm not going on your behalf mm -hmm. to do so. I am encouraging you and empowering you to go and handle those things for self. Okay. And so, psychiatrists are necessary. I just never recommend someone go straight to a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Because, especially with children with ADHD, the first thing should not be medication. In my opinion. It should not be. Unless it's a severe case, that should not be the first to go to. Mm -hmm. One, children still are developing and children are still learning how to navigate social skills and being in a school eight hours a day. And then also how they exude emotion is in their movement. Okay. So if they say, mommy, my tummy hurts, that's either anxiety, either they ate something bad, or it could be them having an upset feeling about something. Mm. My head hurts. Why does your head hurt? Is it stress? Is it anxiety? Kids get stress and anxiety too. We can't be like, oh, they're just a child. They ain't got nothing to stress about. You don't know what they got to stress Kids about. Kids have big emotions. And in their world, the whatever they're feeling is, is that, real. It's very real to them. All they know is what's in their world. That's why with middle schoolers saying like, oh, they just so dramatic. No. The pressures of a middle school child is enormous. Exactly. Enormous. First of all, they're hitting puberty. Mm -hmm. Let's start there. Puberty, people. Most of them are just starting a period. Most of them, their voices are dropping and they getting gross spurts and crap. And so... There's so many different things. Also, they're getting a little bit more responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, they're figuring out who they are as individuals. Middle schoolers are going through like this weird, like alien process of not even just growing through their bodies, mm -hmm. but like mentally they're growing. The mm -hmm. responsibilities that they handle is growing. So like the motions and the things that they're going through 
are real big. and they're so big and they're just as as complex and diverse as an adult mm -hmm. and they're also the same seeing bubble. the world for the first time that's true they're they're experiencing what the world is like for the first time mm -hmm. now on the topic of medication correct what in your professional opinion mm -hmm. what are your thoughts about medication for like mental health and in general especially with amongst not even just kids but like amongst mental illness in general i think that depending on the severity mm -hmm. it is necessary if the easiest example would be someone with bipolar um bipolar is not just oh they have a mood swing every five seconds which is the stigma that everybody has decided, oh, I'm just bipolar. No, you're not. You're moody. There's a difference. Right. Um, bipolar can be very dangerous because they can't control their manic episodes. Mm -hmm. So some days you won't even notice, know that they are upset or not even upset. With their highs, they're like extremely high. So they're always happy, they're always going, and they're always showing up and doing what they need to do. And then that crash happens, mm -hmm. it's almost catastrophic. So without the medication, they are a danger to themselves as well as someone else. And because they can't um, balance those chemical levels, right. that for them is a little difficult. So the medicine helps them with those chemical levels where they're able to at least have some sort of help. Now that does not say that you just take the medicine and everything else will work itself out. You still need to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. You still need to have a professional helping you navigate the tools and the skills in order for you to continue to be at a different functioning level, right. not be functional, a different functioning level. Wording matters. All of that matters. So, for me, I always say for someone who doesn't have a severe um, diagnosis, I don't think medicine is the way to go. Mm -hmm. But is it necessary? Absolutely. It is something that is always necessary for people and those that need it. I, and that's something I can agree with, especially as someone like personally, I was diagnosed with BPD and I do take medication. Let me stop you. BPD is bipolar depression, for those that did not know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so as someone who has um, been diagnosed with bipolar depression, and I do take medication, but I also go to my therapist regularly, um, the goal of the medication isn't something to just, you stick with that for the rest of your life. Like, that's just what you're taking for the rest mm -hmm. of your life. My therapist made it a point to let me know that there, this is not a cure. This is Correct. something to help you and assist you. And mm -hmm. eventually, with the help of therapy, you can come off of it. Correct. And honestly, I like with the medications, I do feel a lot better. I do actually really appreciate the medication. But I understand that the tools that I learned from therapy is what really is going to Correct. push me to the next level mm -hmm. and where, where I need to go. Yes. And that's why sometimes a lot of therapists do not like to go the medication route because people can begin to use medication as a crutch and not want to do the work to not 
stay on the medication. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that we feel that, well, speaking for me, I don't feel that medication is terrible, but I do think medication is a crutch sometimes. And sometimes psychiatrists, because they are, they are trained, what are the, what are the, what are the symptoms? Treat the symptoms. They're also another doctor. Mm -hmm. So they just they learn about the different medications if you can't sleep they give you a sleeping pill if you can't if you have anxiety they give you adderall or something like that like they give you the things to deal with the specific symptoms not to take care of the cause of the symptoms which is why therapy is just as important it's important that your therapist and the psychiatrist work in congruency with each other. Correct. Like, it's definitely important that all three people, you, the patient, the therapist, and the psychiatrist are on the same page. Because a lot of people actually have a fear of medication and they don't want to take medication at all. Correct. And that's an option. If you don't want to take medication, that is fine. But you do need to make sure that if you're not going to take the medication, you need to be fully invested and with a therapist you're comfortable with in order to make sure you don't have to take the medicine. Exactly, exactly. Girl, we could talk about this all day. We could. We really could. But. I think today we have um, we've we, gone on a lot of routes today. We did, but it was all in, in, the, in the same realm. All of it. It was just, yeah, I know. Um, but it's time for music of the week. Music of the week. Music of the week. Hey, music of the week. I went first the last time, so it's your turn. Okay. So this week, um, I don't know how many people know about Hiatus Coyote, but Hiatus Coyote came out with a new album. And one of my favorite songs from it is Red Room. It is a vibe. Mm -hmm. Like literally imagine like you just cleaned your entire space. You lit some incense. You got your glass of wine. Mm -hmm. You're chilling in a like, nice little robe. Oh. And you play that red room. Come on. Listen, her voice is so sultry. It's, uh, it's, it's evocative. Like <laughs> it gets the people going. <laughs> okay. It's so good. Um, you said the name is what now? Hiatus Coyote, and the song is Red, Red Room. Room. Okay, Hiatus Coyote. So, uh, this week, um, I have been on Broadway. We love that. I love it. I love it for me. Um, but it's not just any old show. It's Dear Evan Hansen. I love Dear Evan Hansen. Me too. But the one that gets me right here, right, right chill in my heart, as, as Brown would say. Um, so big, so small. That is a good one. That is a good one. It just, uh, it's so, ah, uh, I'm getting emotional. It's just. It pulls at it heart pulls, strings. It pulls. It pulls. And it's just the mother's emotion of like. I know I'm gonna make mistakes, but I am still here mm -hmm. in this so big, so small house. Listen, if y'all haven't heard that song, please go listen to it. Do 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 yourselves a favor and you know just listen to it. Go go do the things mm -hmm. and make sure that that is something that you do. Uh, well. This was a definitely a dope episode. This was great. It's always great seeing you. I love seeing you. Listen, this baby, this change she got on her face. <laughs> I 
I wish y'all could see this chain she has on her face. But, um, and if you watch it, you can tune in to us on YouTube under Channy AJ. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Um, and you can find us on any podcasting uh, platform. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple we're on, Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We are, we are in there. So We like, are in here, honey. Also, like, if you guys want to, like, see us talk about something, you know, let us know. Um, if yeah. you don't like the show, shut the fuck up. Um, keep it to yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I don't, I don't give a shit. We're going to keep doing it. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're here. Already. We got there already? Oh, I yeah. Mean, I'm going to let people know up, up front. It's the second episode. I don't give Channy. a damn. Um, Channy, it's the second episode. It's the second episode, and I'm going to let y'all know right now. Relax. If you don't like the show, eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, guys, um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, This has been Code Switching Naturally, apparently. Jesus, fix it. Eat a um, dick. That's the slogan. <laughs> Until next week. Bye, Bye. guys.